the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And I don't know about any of you out there, uh, but I do believe that we've all been in that maze when we've looked in the mirror and we said, either I need to gain some weight, which I've never said that, uh, or I need to lose some weight. And uh, my mother was always on a yo-yo diet. Um, and, you know, she went on diet, said she would just drop 20, 30 pounds in a couple of months. And then she got hungry again uh, and didn't watch what was going in. And she'd be back to where she was or even more. Uh, I've never really been on a yo-yo diet. Usually I try to just eat properly, but chocolate and sugar just call my name so i'm looking forward to talking to my guest today renee jones who is a, an emotional eating coach um wow that, that's a big one renee like how did you decide that hey this is my calling this is what i should be doing it was my problem ah okay <laughs> And I, I didn't realize, I didn't have a name for it, but once I figured it out, I thought I am not alone in this because like you, my mother was on the diet yo-yo, her mother was on the diet yo-yo. It was, it's just a heredity thing for us. So what is it about today's world? And maybe it's been like this all along, but when I look at pictures of women uh, in the early 1900s, um, maybe they covered up more so they didn't notice if they, you know, weighed more than they should. Um, but I find that we look at each other and in our head, we say, oh, that's the perfect body or wow, how did she get that big? Mm -hmm. And you don't notice it on yourself till all of a sudden you get to a certain point mm. and you look in the mirror and you go, yeah, this just isn't working for me. <laughs> yes. Well, there, there are a couple of things. First, you know, food is so much more abundant now. They did not have a 7-Eleven on the corner or a McDonald's. They cooked most things at home unless you went to a, a nice restaurant, but that, sort of social thing didn't become a thing until after the second world war for for most people right right and sure. it, and it it became more of a thing in the 70s and 80s and the other thing is that um our view changed you may remember twiggy oh yeah we all wanted to look like Twiggy. <laughs> exactly. And Marilyn Monroe was a size 12. So there was just this vast difference between those two women in a very short period of time. And let's face it, designers like fabric to flow gently off the body. If you're a board, you're probably a good candidate to be a supermodel. But, you know, I often say I was 70s fat. I was never more than 35, 40 pounds overweight. And that was, that was heavy for the seventies, Sure, but 
as we got into the 90s and the low fat craze, that yo-yo came back with such a vengeance because we were absolutely starving. So I, I think culture has changed. I think since the 90s, just our view of what's acceptable has has changed. Right. Um, they've introduced the idea of healthy at every size, which is possible. You can be healthy, but there's a certain point of overweight where I'm not sure you can be. Morbidly obese can't be healthy. You can like, be, you're certainly acceptable as a human being. Right. But that's just not good for your body. Our, this this structure is not built for carrying that much weight. You know, it's interesting. I've been going through some health problems this past year, and one of my medications has blown me up. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, it wasn't in the leaflet of the medication. And of course, I didn't, wasn't told by my doctor. But when I finally figured it out and the doctor agreed with me, uh, next thing I noticed on my medical chart was the word obese. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the mirror and I said, I know I'm overweight, but obese to mm-hmm. me, obese is when I watch one of those reality shows and mm-hmm. somebody who has my frame is at 250, 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I went to the doctor and I said, you, you put that on there that I was obese. And he said, I had to, mm-hmm. there's insurance ratings. Mm-hmm. And Karen, I'm sorry, but by five pounds, you mm-hmm. fall into obese. Mm. He said, don't, don't read your chart anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was at that point, I said, you know what? I've always tried to eat healthy, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to follow at least a program that can remind me mm-hmm. that um, your vegetables are healthy, but when you eat a certain vegetable or fruit that may have more sugar in it, mm-hmm. you have to change how you eat that. Not that yeah. I can't eat it at all, but I just have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is it when you're coaching someone who makes the the decision that I need to lose weight? They do. They do. Because I can't make that decision for them. I mean, I I spent 40 years on the diet yo-yo. And I know there were times when I was all in, ready to work at it, and times when I was not. And if someone had said, you need to lose weight, I'd go, not happening. I don't care. So you... You have to be all in on that before it works. I remember having a conversation with my mother-in-law when she was like, yeah, I need to lose a little weight. And she's never been a big woman, but you know, she wanted to lose a little. And she said, but I'm just not there yet. Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, that's exactly it. We have to be in the mindset that we can change some of our habits and some of our choices that fit our bodies. You see, this is the other thing. This is one of the things that I do with with my clients is a metabolic test changed my life. I lost my weight on a low-fat, low-calorie diet. I was with Weight Watchers. I did various. I I think I've done them all except Whole30. I think that's the only diet or the HCG. Those only two I've never done. Okay. But I'm almost there now on, on the, the whole 30. Um, but it's by my choice and by what works for me. And the problem with the low fat, low calorie is even after I was at my goal weight, I was still tired, hungry, and cranky all the time. Right. (laughs) And my dear sweet husband, God love him. He was very patient, but I ran across this metabolic test and it's just a bunch of questions. And it spits out, okay, here's a nutrition plan for you. This is your metabolic type. This is what works for you and what doesn't. And I thought, okay, I'm right here at my goal weight. And they're saying I can have bacon and cheese sauce on my vegetables. Mm. (laughs) But I thought, okay, for a week, I can try it. 
I was 52 at my goal weight. And I lost two pounds that week. But more importantly, I wasn't tired. I was not hungry. And my husband was very thankful that I was not cranky. (laughs) He said, whatever it is you're doing this week, we need more of this. I said, okay. So knowing what works for your particular body chemistry is so important. I mean, we have lots of diets out there. They all work. It just depends on how comfortable you are how much you can stick with it. But if our, if our fingerprints and the irises of our eyes can be used for identification, some people say your tongue and your ear can also be used as identification. Okay. If we have at least four things that are very distinctive enough to us, why wouldn't our diet also be distinctive? Yeah. That makes a lot, a lot of sense because I will tell you that I have a friend um, and when you talk about yo-yo diets, it's like, what are they showing in the magazine this week? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And last year she found this diet and it did work for her, but I kept asking her what's going to happen when you want to go back to eating Mm -hmm. because really she wasn't eating. It was Mm -hmm. all about the liquid intake. She was taking um and also making sure she was eliminating it at certain times of the day mm-hmm. um and she said but look at the weights falling off of me and i said and i saw my mother go through that too she could lose 30 pounds in a month and be you know really happy about herself but during those 30 days she was miserable and when she decided that hey i look so great then she ate, she mm. ate the things that mm. as, you know, you call emotional, that's what she was doing. She'd come mm. home from the bakery with a fresh loaf of bread and she had to eat the two ends of it because that was so crispy. Um, and I never wanted to be that way. Mm. Do I emotionally eat? Oh yes, on occasions. And as I said, before we went online today, yesterday was one of those days. Um, and it, I wouldn't want to know what's going on that created that. Right. And, and I knew what was going on. And okay, that's good. why at the end of the day, I said to myself, okay, I can beat myself up or I can say, you know what? You needed an excuse just to do what you did today. Mm-hmm. Now tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. Good. And I woke good. up this morning knowing that I I'm back on track good. and I'm eating real foods. I'm not following a particular diet, although um, I'm trying the points with Weight Watchers, mm-hmm. which is reminding me that, wait a second, do you really need the bread? Yeah. Or could you exchange it for something else? Is it something crunchy you want in your mouth? Or is it just you're hungry? Mm. And usually it's that, the thought of something crunching in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Do you know why that it works? Not really. That's why I have you on today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's one of the things. We have a thing for oral soothing. And if you've seen pictures of babies in utero, sometimes they suck their thumbs. Right. When he comes out, when he's blasted out of that lovely spot, if he cries, we use the bottle or the breast or a pacifier and put something in his mouth. It is one way we soothe ourselves. And as children get older, you take away the pacifier, they often go back to their thumbs or biting their nails, right? And unfortunately, it's no longer appropriate when you're eight to suck your thumb right, or 40. So we use a donut for oral soothing. And the, the thing is, it, that's not the only way to soothe. There are other ways we can soothe ourselves. We just, it's just a little harder to think of them in the moment when we need. But if you can come up with kind of a laundry list of ways to soothe yourself other than food, then it's okay. Interesting. 
Well, I know ice cream was always, a, a, you know, something that I would gravitate to and say, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to make me feel good. You know, um, can I ask a question about sure. that? Absolutely. Do you, do you, what is the earliest memory of you having ice cream? Oh, as a child. Yeah. Right. Do you yeah. remember a particular time and what was going on? Not really. Okay. I have to think about that, but yeah. Yeah. Give yourself some time to do that. This is something I, I did in my TEDx talk was give them the audience an experience of this because very often if we just kind of let ourselves remember what was going on around that time, who gave it to us? And if this is ice cream is a particular one for men. They want ice cream at like nine or 10 o'clock at night. But part of it is because when dad took you out to give you some bad news or when you lost a game, they often took you for ice cream. So it's well associated with that soothing. Interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was peanut butter. And my grandmother loved peanut butter and we were tight. We were so tight, right? And once she was gone, if I was circling the refrigerator, going back for yet another spoonful of peanut butter, I knew there was something going on. And once I figured out, you know what? She is not in that jar. How do I get what she gave me, that love and attention and encouragement? How do I get that in another way? Then you don't need the peanut butter or the ice cream in the same way. Very interesting. I really need to think about that one because growing up, ice cream was always a treat. Yeah. My mother didn't necessarily, I think it was after we all moved out of the house that she started putting ice cream in her freezer. Mm. But Mm. prior to that, it would be, um, you know, well, we're going out to lunch. It's a mother-daughter day, Mm -hmm. you know? would you like dessert? And of course it was offering me an an ice cream sundae. Or if my parents took us for a ride on a Sunday, we'd end up at Dairy Queen. Yeah. But, and I'm sure those special times. Yes. Yeah. And made you feel special in a different way. Yeah. So emotional eating most of us think of it as I'm so down, you know, what difference does it make? Mm -hmm. I just want to just sit here and veg out. Now I've never been one to take that, you know, half gallon of ice cream into the living room and spoon spoon feed myself. Thank God. Um, But I know people who have, Mm -hmm. and then they feel so remorseful the next day. Mm-hmm. that they're trying to get it out of their body, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and there's where our eating disorders come into. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone that feels that it's all in the sitting there and drowning yourself in a half gallon of ice cream? Yeah, it's the same sort of thing as drowning your sorrows in alcohol. Right. The feeling, the relief is there. However, there's that wraparound guilt that comes the next day in the form of, oh, I'm so fat. I look awful. I, what did I do last night? Very much like an alcoholic. Right. Right. right? So we're actually foodaholics part of the time. The problem is it works in the moment but we have to find other ways to soothe ourselves because food is not the only option. After my grandmother died, I mean, she was 93, but it was rather sudden when she actually did die. And we had a holiday planned. We were, the funeral was the day before we left on our vacation. And I was just beside myself. Right. My mother had died years before, which made the relationship with the grandmother even more so. Sure. And we were walking around on our holiday the first couple of days, and I was following 
Mr. Jones and it was just, I just wasn't there. I was like, just lead me where you want to go. I'm happy to follow along. Well, a couple of days in, we were walking around the property and we found this room where they had books and um, games and various things that you could take back to your room. You could borrow them for the week, right? I found a puzzle. And I thought, I like puzzles. So I took it back to the room and that was so soothing to me. And here's why. If all the pieces are there, they all fit. There is order in that universe. And mine had been severely disrupted. Men often go to sports because sports have rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you don't win. So finding, I mean, the, the, the classic ones are go get a manicure, call a friend, go for a walk, listen to music. And those can work. The key is finding what works for your heart because your heart is hurting in that moment. Now there's some things we can do to heal that some, but this is how you've always gone to soothing. And if you can find other options, then food is less of an issue. So I think what I'm hearing from you is that too often um, we aren't mindful. We, we know we're hurting. We may think we know why we're hurting, but it may be that plus other things. And so we're walking around almost with this tunnel vision and we just want it to go away. And so we are attracted to one of the first things that has made us happy in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got it in one. Yeah. Because all we're doing is looking for a way to make this feeling go away. Unfortunately, we stuff down our feelings around that and follow it with a food chaser. But if we will address the emotional stuff, I mean, when I was losing my weight, my mantra was face your stuff. Don't stuff your face. Very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it works for me and it works for others because all we're trying to do is get away from that nasty feeling we don't want to have. But there are better ways to do that that don't have the repercussions that too much food does. Food is fine. As long as, you know, it works with your body, it's not inflammatory to your body, it, you're not allergic to it, food is fine. But let's find what works for you with food as well as with emotional hurt because you don't need to hurt. And often, I think, I think we have a larger pandemic than COVID. We have a pandemic of low self-esteem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we can raise your level of esteem for yourself, your value in your own eyes, then there, there's not that talk in the back of your head saying, I can't believe you did that. You're so terrible. Why would you do that? You're so stupid. You're so fat. It's like, shut up. I don't need to hear that. Right. And if we can extract that, you don't have those feelings as much. Or you know what to say. It's like, go away. I don't need you. And it's interesting that you bring that up because when I was pushed out of uh, corporate America mm. and I was pushed out, you know, illegally by age. Okay. <sighs> but, yes. you know, it was, you know, I sort of saw it coming. Uh, and I tried to work more and harder and better, which mm -hmm. I was, but again, mm. I just didn't fit their mold. Mm -hmm. And when I left corporate America, I was totally depressed um, mm -hmm. because it was like, now what do I do with myself? Mm -hmm. I was in my early sixties, who's going to hire me mm -hmm. at that age? Mm -hmm. um, in fact, a couple of interviews I went on, it was like, well, you're going to retire. You're getting ready to retire. It was like, you don't know me. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm not. Um, and instead of eating, I got more aggressive 
of trying to find out who I was and mm -hmm. what I needed. And one of the things I found was that you talk about the voices. I was hearing those voices all the time. You know, you're yeah. not good enough. Yes, you are. You're not good enough. And uh, I really thought I was going insane because when I mentioned this to my husband, his comment was, what do you mean you hear voices? I said, it's my inner thoughts. Okay. Mm -hmm. What I was taught when I've been growing up and he still, it was like, okay, you know, honey, I think we should go see the doctor. Um, <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, okay, let's go. And I made a doctor appointment and the doctor looked at my husband. He said, don't you have thoughts in your head? He said, that's what she's talking about. Yeah. And my husband said, well, yeah, but I just don't listen to him. And I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. You don't. Mm -hmm. um, but that helps strengthen our relationship sure. and his understanding of, you know, me looking in the mirror. And yes, I liked this on me yesterday, but I put it on today and I feel drab, you know, huge, whatever. And I didn't realize what I was learning over those years until I started podcasting because mm. podcasting made me look at myself on the screen mm -hmm. and say to myself, I am good enough to do this. Yeah, of course you are. But a lot of us sit back and say, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. But who's going to listen to me? You know, what am I going to say? And I tell people that call in and ask, you know, should I do a podcast? Try it. Mm. Does it work mm. for you? Mm. If it doesn't work for you, don't do it. Mm. But it works for me because I've learned from people like you mm. that, yeah, what I'm going through is normal. Mm. Normality is such a wonderful thing. You know, I often have people who say, well, I'm just not good enough or I, I'm so, I'm so awful. Why would anyone want to be with me? And I go, okay, let's walk through something. Who did you kill? Uh, nobody. Okay. Did you steal millions of dollars off of other people? Well, no. Have you abused a child or an animal? Well, no. I said, so what's so awful about you? Remind me, because I'm having a hard time seeing it myself. Because we, we just assume from our baggage, our emotional baggage, that none of that would have happened to us if we were better people. But that's just not true. It's just not true. And unfortunately, that, that part of us that wants to remind us of all the negative things that we have done gets really loud at times. And we've got to find a way then to go, yeah, A, that's not true. B, I don't need to be reminded of it. C, um, I have made myself better because I made those mistakes. You know, we, we had this one dog, perfect, the most wonderful dog I have ever owned. And the things that I accidentally did to that poor boy, oh, I feel bad at times. And I think, no, I loved him. I made mistakes, but I loved him dearly. He will always be the dog. And putting it back in that context of, okay, I've made mistakes. Things happened to me that weren't great, right? But that doesn't mean it has to be an indictment on who I am because it wasn't my intention. Right. And your intention and your motivation is so much more important as to tell me who you are. Well, and many of us growing up, grew up in a culture that said, um, do it right, don't make mistakes. Um, and I heard that even as an adult, you know, my mother would, would call me and say, um, you know, I understand dinner didn't go well last night. And say, well, who told you? Yeah maybe my son called grandma and said something and she'd say, and I would say, yeah, you know what? I forgot 
to add the salt or whatever it was. And she go, well, how could you do that? Didn't you read the recipe? And on and on and on that I already felt bad that the dinner went into the garbage disposal. Um, but I made a mistake. Mm. I forgot something. Um, and I didn't know how to own up to it mm. until very late in life mm. when my son, my youngest son, for whatever reason, he would always say, you expect perfection out of me. And my answer always has been, no, I expect you to do the best you can at the moment because mm-hmm. this moment's different from the next. Mm-hmm. So if all you can do is 10% now and that's your best, go for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would still complain. It's most recently, now that he's in his early 30s, he'll say to me, I don't know where that perfection came from but I'm so glad I have it because he said it motivates me to be at my best. Mm. And that's okay Mm. if you're using it for a good reason. Mm. But we have to accept the fact that we do make mistakes because we're human Mm -hmm. and we can correct those by learning. Mm. Learning from those mistakes. That's the wisest thing to do. Well, and it, you know, in terms of diet, nutrition, all of that, you know, I think we learn a lot by trying to follow some nutrition plan. And we learn what works for our bodies. But if we then dismiss them all and say, that doesn't work, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go back to the way I ate. As if that's magically going to keep us thin. We've got to learn from the mistakes, the experiences, what worked, what didn't, what we like the taste of, what we never want to see again. And if we do and we stick with it, we will get to our goal. Now, I don't know about you, but in my house growing up, the idea was, okay, now we've done the diet. We've got to our goal weight. Now we can go back to eating anything (laughs) we want. Yes. No wonder we yo-yoed back up, right? You got to learn from it, right? I know that if I focus too much on dairy, it's going to put weight on me. I can do dairy, but I only get a small amount of dairy per day. Whereas I can eat meat all day long. That's good for me. Okay. Some vegetables, absolutely. But sugar and starches make me mean, Mm. make me really cranky, and they make me hungry. I think it's a blood sugar thing, how it affects me. So once I learned that, I was like, okay, we got to get rid of sugar. And it was hard. But after about 10 days, it didn't call my name anymore. And once I, I, what I did was I said, right, I only have sugar on Sundays. Okay. So that first week I was standing in the pantry long about Wednesday, staring down the chocolate chips and saying, I only have sugar on Sundays. <laughs> and, but that worked for me. I did that for a while. And then one day I do a little work in a hospital. And I'm there at like four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So I had my chocolate and a cup of tea before I went out. And it's about 20 minutes over there. When I hit the door, I was flying. And they were like, Renee, are you okay? I said, yeah, I think I've just figured out what sugar does to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So if, if we can learn how different foods affect our body, then we can use that information to shape what we eat in a way that is really good for you. That's an interesting story because my husband was diagnosed diabetic about 10 years ago. Okay. And in order to help him, Mm -hmm. um, I took everything out of the house in theory that was bad for him. 
mm-hmm. and did not buy it at the store and bring it into the house. And so I thought if I really needed it, I'd have to eat it outside. Mm-hmm. And if he were going to cheat, he was going to have to cheat on the outside. Uh huh. And it, it worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I think we went for about five years like that. Mm-hmm. And then he started putting on weight he, and he was extremely careful with his diet. And we went to the doctor and he said to the doctor, I crave a candy bar every day. And the doctor said, well, are you having one? Because obviously, Rich, you put on weight. And he said, no. He said, but I want to experiment with something. He said, but I want your permission. And the doctor said, okay. And he said, I think all these non-sugar items that I've been eating, okay, I'm eating more of them. And I think I'm gaining weight. Mm -hmm. What if I cut some of that out and I have a candy bar a day? The doctor looked at him and said, I don't know. So you take your blood sugar every day. So if it starts spiking, you better stop it. Mm. It dropped his blood sugar. Mm. And what we found was when he was out working, he couldn't find the right edibles that he needed. Mm -hmm. And he was just like craving food, but not eating. Mm -hmm. That was disturbing him. Mm -hmm. And what he did eat was just staying with him. Mm. But once he could, you know, take care of that little bit of craving, Mm -hmm. he lost 20 pounds. And I'm looking at him because I'm still no sugar at that time. And it's like, I'm so jealous. (laughs) And the first day I tried to do something similar, I felt like I had gained 20 pounds. And I said to myself, I can't do it anymore. Nope. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it weren't for this medication that I'm on, I would be at my ideal weight. And that's another thing that I think listeners have to understand that sometimes the medications we take interfere with our dietary intake. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll tell you when this all happened to me this past year, and I looked in the mirror one day and I said, my face has never been that round. And then I found out why it was like, okay, I, I'll deal with this. It's about yeah. my health first yeah not necessarily what my face looks like yeah so when clients come to you do they need to have some sort of idea about their medical background so that they can learn how to eat properly based on that and most of the time they they do you know, uh, most of my clients have been doing this for a while. Okay. They're the, they're the frustrated dieter who can't figure out how to make it work. So I can handle everything else, but this right. is elusive. Uh, and that's part of why I give all of my clients the metabolic test, because that will tell them, okay, you like me, I now know why my Cap'n Crunch didn't last me through the first hour of school, right? Right. Because I metabolize that so fast, it's useless to me. However, if I do a little more protein and a lot less sugar, my body's happy. So I want them to know, they still get to choose what diet they, they want to do right? How they want to do nutrition, if they want to try intuitive eating, if they want to try Weight Watchers, if they want to do Whole30, whatever it is, at least they have the knowledge. Okay. Right. And what's interesting is uh, there are a number of people that I've, I've given this test to in the last three or four months who are like, oh, that's why that diet worked for me. Yes. Yes. So we try to figure out that nutrition plan for them. Now, I'm not a nutritionist. I've just done a lot of diets, but I use this, this service that gives them the, the information sure. they need. 
And then we start working on, okay, so the ice cream, what's the emotional component to that? Where is that dragging you down? When you are feeling bad about yourself, what's the food that you go to? How are we going to address that? And some people do get into a lot of really emotional stuff. You know, I have a counseling degree. I can do that. Um, And then we work toward getting them connected or reconnected with their best self. Because Cameron, when, when you are feeling in your best self, do you make better choices? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So we find what works physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, so that when they finish, they're losing weight, but they're also feeling lighter. And I think the whole concept should be when we are trying to get to that better place Mm -hmm. through losing weight or even eating to maintain where Mm -hmm. we are is that it becomes part of our lifestyle rather than, you know, oh, I can't eat that because it's too many points on Weight Mm -hmm. Watchers. Mm -hmm. And what I decided when I started doing Weight Watchers, um, I've been tracking um, my intake through another program. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always know what my calorie intake has been. And the interesting part is that Um, even though I said Weight Watchers isn't working, it is, but it's working very slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've noticed that my weight's going down, but in such small increments, but the Weight Watchers points has made me look at if you really want uh, that dinner roll tonight, you can have it, but it's probably not the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. And would you be happy with half of it? Mm-hmm. Because half of it is only half the points. Mm-hmm. And that means it's fewer calories as well. Mm-hmm. And those are, and you know, in your head, those are empty calories. Mm. And there are sometimes I'll look at it and go, okay, I'm going to have half. Mm. Or you know what? No, tonight I'm going to mm. have the whole one. Um, but then I also balance it around all the good things that I know yes. that I'm eating. So my husband has realized that um, I love salads, mm-hmm. but I make them differently. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'll put, and I don't have to put in a lot of meat, but just a little bit of meat to give me that protein. Taste. Right, you got it. Um, and you know, or beans or things that typically I wouldn't think about eating, mm-hmm. but I can take a teaspoon or two and put it in the salad. Um, These are things I can do the rest of my life. I don't have to go out and buy special foods. Yes. Finding something you can live with forever. I I mean, I lost my weight nine years ago. Uh, Be 10 in October. Uh, Two years later, I found the metabolic stuff that changed me odd so almost eight years doing that kind of eating and my weight is the same so it's got to be a lifestyle change and we throw that term around so casually but if i go back to eating sugar i will go back to being an angry redhead now do i have it now and again sure there's some people who do not understand. No, thank you. And I plan around it. In fact, Christmas, a couple of years ago, my husband and his sister were leaving on a business trip the next day. And mother-in-law put down in front of me a plate of desserts. And I thought, oh, this looks lovely. And I looked across the table at my husband. He said, go ahead. I'm not going to be here. (laughs) Love that. Love that. But but finding ways to incorporate new choices and, and the thing about planning around it. Absolutely. So you do something different at the other meals of the day. And um, French women get this and they're like, you know, I'm going to have this lovely meal this evening. 
I'm going to save my energy for that. Not, I'm not going to have this now so I can really enjoy that food later, but to enhance the enjoyment of a different meal. They do something lighter. It, there's no shame. There's no guilt in that. It's just how will I most enjoy this? And that's another thing we have to pay attention to. In fact, I have a craving buster. If you cannot avoid that food, if it is calling your name and you will not even sleep tonight if you don't have it, okay, put it on a plate, use a knife, spork, spoon, whatever the appropriate implement, sit down at your table, maybe even put down a tablecloth, candles, pretty glassware, sit down, focus on that food and enjoy it. Because so often what we do is we eat it over the sink or over the trash can, hoping no one catches us. But we've got to learn to enjoy our food again, to taste it, chew it. Because often we don't. But if you don't chew, then you can't squeeze every bit of flavor out of that bite. And that has a whole different feeling, doesn't it? Well, and I was also told this past year, um, that I was supposed to eat smaller meals. And um, basically what you said, make sure that you are chewing it up, um, that it is, you're swallowing it naturally. You're not forcing it down. And one of the things I've learned is that, um, I don't know if it's emotional because nobody can figure it out yet, but um, if I sit down to eat a meal, Mm -hmm. but I'm really not hungry. Mm -hmm. My throat tightens up. Mm -hmm. And as I'm eating, it's very uncomfortable. And Uh, my doctor said to me, then why are you eating? uh, And I said, well, because it's either lunchtime or dinner time or whatever. He said, I understand. He said, but you're getting a cue from your body. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he ran a bunch of tests on me to make sure that, you know, there really wasn't anything wrong. And he said, um, your body knows what you need. And again, this started happening after being on this medication Mm -hmm. that has just thrown me off Mm -hmm. to say, well, I got to eat because it's lunchtime. I got to eat because it's dinner time. And he said, no, small meals. If all you feel up to right now is having, you know, a very small bowl of salad, don't make yourself a full lunch plate. Mm-hmm. Make the small one. Mm-hmm. And if you're hungry two hours from then, you can make another one. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I have learned make me feel better. Yeah. Because in the back of my mind, I have those little voices reminding me, you know what? You just ate this little salad and it satisfied you. So get on with your day. And yeah. maybe two hours from now, I don't even think of food yeah. or four hours. I don't. Yeah. And then it's dinner time. And instead of having that plate full of food, put the small portion on it. Yeah. Know where you have to stop. Yeah. Start smaller. Yeah. And yeah. all this from, you know, going in and saying, I feel like I'm choking on my food. And that certainly has changed, except for when I have to satisfy everybody and be at a meal at a certain time. And then they Mm. wonder why I'm not eating. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Yeah, we often are trying to accommodate others. And we don't have to. I mean, yes, being polite when you can, but... If you're not hungry, why would you eat? Exactly. Well, it's not like, you know, our, some of our grandparents who came over from the old country and when they'd sit us down at a meal, eat, eat, want more. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother would do the same thing to us. And then afterwards, you know, a week or two later, she'd say, do you think you should lay off some of the food for a while? And I'm going, oh my God. You put it in front of me, mom. 
You encouraged me. Absolutely. Yes. And bless them. They have their own stuff going on. Right. Exactly. So how can our listeners find you? Uh, and uh, I know you have a book out as well. Mm -hmm. So tell us about those two things. Uh, the book is called What's Really Eating You? Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the whole bit. Um, and it, it is basically the process that I worked through when I was losing my weight. And there are even questions at the end of each chapter for people to consider if they want to, uh, for how to make these shifts on their own. Okay. And if you're not like me, <laughs> it probably will work for you. For me, I needed the external accountability to get it done. And sometimes we all need what we need. Right. Uh, my website is packyourownbag.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram at packyourownbag. Well, I'm hoping that our listeners will follow up with you because um, I know there are so many of us, you know, who wake up every morning with great intentions. You know, today's the day I'm going to do it and comes about this time right around noonish and well, yeah, I can't see anything else in the house. Uh, I'm going to make that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then they scarf it down. That mm. was me for a while. Mm, me um, too. Because I thought, you know, peanut butter is filling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bread is filling. Um, but if you for scarf a while. it down, it goes too fast and it doesn't really fill you up. Mm. Um, so we all have some issues. Mm. They're normal. Mm. But now it's time, like, if you want to take yourself back, this is how we can do it. You know, I often say when I was in first grade, we walked every place in a line, hands by our side, not touching anybody else. But I grew out of that. And I no longer have to walk in a straight line, eyes forward, hands to yourself. We have to adjust. Yes, we have limitations from our background. We have feelings and baggage, but we don't have to drag it with us for the rest of our lives. Sometimes we can process it and let it go. I love it. Well, I appreciate you being on today. Um, I know that um, even though I binged yesterday, <laughs> that was yesterday. Today that was yesterday. Today. Absolutely. New day. Yeah. And, you know, one day, um, as long as I don't continue that streak, um, I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Renee. Have a All great right. day. Bye-bye now.